Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omenson. In this series, we go behind the scenes to hear about the everyday inventions and improvements initiated by our park maintenance staff. Thanks to a culture of innovation, Naperville Park District staff is encouraged to explore their ideas. This has led to improvements in safety, efficiency, and environmental stewardship, and even a patent application. Today, I'm happy to welcome as our guest, John Tepper, South Park's operations manager. Several years ago, John worked with other staff to invent a dust shield to prevent dust inhalation while operating a baseball field groomer. And now as a manager, John also encourages his staff to find creative solutions to problems that they encounter in their everyday tasks. So let's start out with um, some of the inventions. Um, Could you explain a few of the inventions that have been developed by park staff to improve safety? Sure thing, Sue. Um, So there's kind of two main kinds of innovations. So one's purchased innovation, one is non-purchased innovation. Okay. Here, purchased innovation, that's a pretty simple one. There are different things out there that you can research and decide, hey, I'd like to buy that. Right. That might make things a little bit safer. So one thing recently that we did was people were having issues with safety glasses fogging. So I went and kind of researched what was out there and found a company called Hex Armor and their safety glasses aren't supposed to fog and they've got a lot of different ranges of of lenses and styles. So we went and bought a handful of those and staff tried them out and loved them. So we've incorporated that into the workforce and that's been great and something that's safe. And if the end user wants to use it, they're more likely to use it. So that worked out great. And that's a good example of uh, purchased innovation. But the real what I find to be fun and interesting is non-purchase innovation. What are things that we can do to make our job safer uh, mm-hmm. that we can we can create? And one thing, and it was really exciting to be part of, was the dust shield that we developed a f- handful of years ago. And the park district really got on board, and uh, it drew up some attention from local newspapers and other districts who came out to look at it. And the process for that was um, one of our staff members decided that they had an idea to try to keep the dust from deflecting off the back end of our field groomers onto them. So he brought up the idea, and I don't know if I really want to admit this, but I wasn't incredibly supportive at first. I didn't think it was going to work, but we decided, all right, well, let's give this a shot. So we took a small piece of plywood and put it on the back of the tractor and wasn't secured on there, kind of fell off. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. So I was off one day and he figured out a way to secure it better and kind of design it a little bit nicer. And we tried it when I got back and it worked great. And we're like, I think, think we're onto something. And it had some problems being that it was made of plywood. The operator wasn't able to look back and see what was going on with the machine. So we went to the local hockey ice rink and they had some extra plexiglass boards so we took that, we shaped it, we added a big magnet on there to hold our tools, a cup holder to hold water, and it worked great. And we kind of didn't think twice about it. We used it all the time, and it worked for us, and it 
operators loved it. And somebody reached out saying, Hey, I saw that on the back of your tractor. We would like to get one. Where'd you buy it? Uh, and that's where it came about with, we didn't buy that. We made that. Yeah. And someone was like, you made that? <laughs> Can you make us one? <laughs> and that's what led to exploring the uh, idea of getting a patent for it and right. looking into that, right. that angle of things. But it, it was great to be a part of, um, you know, leadership around here was so supportive with throughout the process. You got a safety grant for it. And we got a safety grant for that. um, And then we got a safety grant to build additional ones. So I think we ended up building nine in total here for the district. Oh, I didn't realize that. And then we had a few other districts that came by to see exactly how we built it and, you know, discuss that with them. So it's great. Um, There was already something that was close enough out there in the world where we didn't receive the patent. Oh, I wondered how the patent went. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, it was still a great experience to be part of. Oh, definitely. And if it could help other districts out there or other people with the same problem of inhaling the dust and getting deflected, dirty clothes, if it helps them out and makes their job safer and easier to do, then it's very exciting to be a part of that. I'm sure it was cost-effective, too, with the materials that you had. Yeah. Oh, our initial one was virtually free. (laughs) We just, you know, bought things around shop. We found that when we had to build nine, we wanted to buy the exact plexiglass that we wanted, Mm -hmm. the the thickness and and the size. That way we only needed to shape the edges of it. I made production a tad bit quicker on Mm -hmm. that. So, um, but they were, they're pretty cost effective and easily installed onto the machines that we have. Well, that's exciting for everybody Mm -hmm. involved. Um, what about, um, is there another safety um, invention that would be interesting to share? Sure. One, one thing that um, this was granted to us through a safety grant was a paint mixing station. Mm, so okay. we order our paint in concentrate. So it comes in, it used to come in five gallon buckets. Okay. So then we would have to dilute that down. That process took picking up these heavy buckets, pouring it into other buckets, mixing it with a hand drill, and then picking up these buckets and pouring it into our um, athletic field stripers. I was going to ask what you mainly use paint for, and that's mm -hmm. to stripe fields. Stripe fields, yeah. So we have a machine. It's a sit-on machine. kind of looks like a riding lawnmower. Okay. And it's got a big tank in the back, and the operator will follow a string or the existing line to paint lines weekly for our athletic fields. Okay. So... We buy that paint and concentrate, and out there was a machine that will mix it for you. It's 55 gallons. It's got a motor and some paddles in there. So you would fill it up, and it mixes the water and the paint. Okay. So when we got this in, it was okay that it did the mixing part, but you still had to pick up the buckets and put it in. So what we did is we talked to the manufacturer, and we were able to get the paint concentrate in a 250-gallon tote, which we were able to put up above this paint mixing machine. And then we bought a pump for the bottom of the paint mixer. So you put the concentrate, and we plumbed in water and everything so that you can make all of the mixture by just turning two handles and pressing a button, and then you press another button, and it pumps it into the machine. There's no more lifting. And it's great. And that was something that was met at first with a little bit of 
I don't know if this is going to work. I mm-hmm. like the old system. Okay. Um, but once we got it up and running, everyone's like, I, there's no way we can possibly go back to the old one. It's just yeah. a lot more easier on the body, and it's actually a little right. bit quicker, too. There's no need to, to strain and lift exactly. if you don't need to. Um, oh, that's great. And what about, I was reading through some of your list of innovations, and there were some that really helped improve efficiency, too. So efficiency, that's incredibly important to us Mm -hmm. here in the park maintenance field. Um, Doing a high quality job as quick and accurately as possible uh, leads to saving time and that's time that you could spend doing something else. Um, And that increases the service level for the end user and creates a better experience. So um, it's all about using time as effectively as possible. Throughout our day-to-day lives and doing our jobs, we come up with different things. Hey, how can we do this a little bit quicker? How can this be faster and we can be able to get this done? So um, one thing that we've recently done with the opening of Wolf's Crossing Community Park Mm -hmm. is there are a lot of trees out there that needed to be watered. Oh, yeah. It's been a dry summer, at least the beginning of the summer. It's been incredibly dry spring. Mm -hmm. So making sure that all those trees get watered in for the first couple of years is very important Mm -hmm. to the future of the park. So one of our staff members approached me and said, hey, I was reading online and I saw this idea for a drip irrigation system. Because what we're currently using is either watering out of the back of a truck or sure. things called gator bags. So the drip irrigation system is like a skinny plastic pipe that you could run for hundreds of feet. Ooh. And then you can have these other little pipes coming off of it going to each tree. And all you have oh. to do is go there and turn on a switch and it slowly waters the tree throughout the day. That's a great way to, a healthy way to water a tree, right? Yeah, it's really yeah. great. So we're able to water 70 trees with the flip of a switch, wow. which would take half the day to it do would. by hand. So, I mean, just right there, it boosts efficiency, and that way you could spend that time doing something else within the park. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on with the new Wolf's Crossing yeah. in our 95th plaza. Yeah, that's a, a big addition to the South Park's uh, responsibilities. It is. It's been very great to be a part of. So so what are some improvements that you are currently working on or planning for the future? One thing that I'm pretty excited about, and we've been somewhat dabbling in this for the past year or so, is uh, floating treatment wetlands. So that's yeah. basically... A man-made island. It's they're they're kind of small, about the size of a mattress. Okay. And what we do is put wetland plants in those and float them out into the pond. So the okay. plant themselves will grow through this material, and the root system will be down in the water. Okay. And the root system works to filter the water, different pollutants and uh, soils, things like that, yeah. excess chemicals that are in our waterway, and um cleans and treats the water without us having to use pesticides to do that. There's different calculations of how many of these things we would need in a pond, and we're still experimenting with it. You can purchase these islands and then put your own plants in it, which is how we started off. We started off in a couple different directions. So we started off with purchasing one, putting the plants in there, and trying that out. And we found out that we... Needed to put fencing around it because the animals ate the plants. But then oh, no. <laughs> what animals we ate got the plants? We think they're muskrats. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we put things over the top to keep the geese and birds away. But, okay. you know, 
tasty plants. Huh? Yeah, they like those ones apparently. And then we had an Eagle Scout approach us looking to do a project with the park district. And we pitched this idea of a, a man-made island and okay. to see how much materials would cost and how effective that would be and not having to purchase one of these. So we worked side by side with him. He did a fantastic job, built one. Um, we just floated that about a month ago. Oh, what pond is it on? It's at the pond right behind South Maintenance okay. Facility, Frontier Sports Book Complex. Mm-hmm. So that's where we have, we currently have two of these floating islands, and it's right adjacent to our maintenance facility. So we have them there kind of in the experimental phase. You can keep an eye on it easily. We can yeah. keep a close eye on it. We can water and establish the plants. They're not as much in the public eye in case, mm-hmm. you know, we're still kind of figuring out the ins and outs and the details of them all. But the vision is for the future to get these in all of our ponds and hopefully significantly reduce the amount of pesticides that we need to treat algae, duckweed, things like that. That's really exciting. Yeah. And we have a lot of ponds at the park district. We do have a lot of ponds. Um, and I just mentioned duckweed. That could segue into another thing that I'm pretty excited about. We were doing some research. Uh, duckweed, it's a small plant, about imagine like a little pea okay. that grow, float on the top of a pond and they reproduce very quickly. So when you see a pond that's covered with green at the top, yeah, a lot of that's times duckweed. people think it's algae. It mm-hmm. could be duckweed. Okay. So it just floats. It's not rooted down to anything. And there's different problems that could arise from duckweed being there, you know, aesthetics, but it also doesn't allow sunlight to get into the pond mm-hmm. to get to plants and, and things mm-hmm. that are down, you know, below the water surface. So we were doing some research on how to eradicate it or what, different things you can do with it. And we came across the possibility of using it as fertilizer. So what we are going to do in small quantities right now is harvest some of this duckweed and then experiment in different pots to see if it's effective at all Cool as fertilizer. So I find that to be pretty exciting and a little forward thinking. Um, yeah, and you can, that's awesome. Yeah, we've discussed even using it. If we harvest it on a larger scale, we can put it in with our current uh, topsoil and kind of compost it in yeah. and use that as a, a soil amendment, add that's, some nutrients and nitrogen to it. Well, there's an endless number of possibilities. This is really exciting mm-hmm. to it hear is about. exciting stuff. <laughs> well, thank you so much, John. This has been great to talk about um, some of these improvements that people might not realize are happening at the park district you're welcome yeah i was very (laughs) excited to be a part of this so thank you thank you for listening the naperville park district's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives healthy minds and a healthy community park talk podcast is a production of the naperville park district